Fitness Retention Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Today we've got an awesome episode with Rose Bentley, who is the Senior Vice President at Cloud Cherry. She has been ahead of the customer experience wave, we'll say. Cloud Cherry is a customer experience management platform. And I want to talk to Rose because she is extremely smart and really understands what can be done with data and the opportunities for fitness companies to collect data and actually act on them. Really grateful that she came on the show. This is an awesome episode outside of the fitness industry, which I actually think is potentially where the fitness industry can change the most is copying habits or successful things that tech companies, banks, etc. have done. So we dive into that today. If you have any questions about retention or customer experience or anything of that nature, shoot me an email at agymotion at gmail.com. That's agymotion at gmail.com or head to the website with the same URL, agymotion.com. All right, here's Rose Bentley of Cloud Cherry on the Fitness Retention Podcast with me, Alex Armstrong. The Fitness Retention Podcast, and I would like to welcome Rose Bentley to the show. Rose, what's up? Thanks, Alex. What's up? Um, nothing, just interviewing you. How about you? Good. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Nothing too exciting. Yeah, nothing too exciting today. Got a flight to catch in a little bit, but nothing I'm not ready for. Amen. So um, this is part of our member interview series, and the reason that I wanted to reach out to you be- is because, number one, I see you all the time, um, and number two, you're a boss. And can you give people a little bit of like a background on, on your career where you are now, and then we'll kind of wrap that into how it's relevant to fitness. Yeah, you bet, you bet. Um, So I have personally led multiple global teams, uh, sales, customer success, retention. And so for me, I'm extremely focused on the customer experience because that's been where I've actually spent the last six years of my career. And so passions are growing revenue, leading teams, and driving a better customer experience any way I can. So that includes, of course, my personal experiences, right? I think I have a short fuse for poor experiences. So a lot of times that can lead to conversations like this um, or you know, angry ones necessarily on airline phone calls. So. And so where are you now in your career? Yeah, so actually right now, so I actually lead um, sales and customer success. Um, and I'm actually as well on GM for uh, CloudTerry. And CloudTerry, sorry, I got a little kitty cat in the background there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you never know your guests is right. You're going to have like, you just volunteer extra guests here. Um, but yeah, so I'm leading that for them. Um, they're also a customer experience company. So they work with a lot of brands that really want to understand how they connect their customer experience to the journey and then learn through that journey and really drive outcomes for the business that matter. Okay. So that's all very like, I would say high level stuff when yeah, we're actually, sure. like, getting down into the nitty gritty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the like most common things you see in a disconnected customer experience um, or a disconnected customer journey? And then how do those get like, how do those get solved basically? Or how can you help companies solve those? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's so much, right? Because there's this first wave of customer experience, which was you're listening to your customers, you've got this like NPS score, and you're like, oh, I've got a score, and I've at least got some data. Mm-hmm. But what so many organizations don't do is they don't connect that data. They don't take that experience data, connect it with the operational data that they have, and they know about it, mm-hmm. right? They don't bring that together to actually formulate a consistent customer journey or customer experience. Mm-hmm. Very disjointed from what I've seen. Okay. And what companies do you think right now in, in any industry are nailing it? Like who, who do you view as kind of like the guiding star or like the beacon, not the beacon, whatever. Yeah, yeah no, fair enough. Um, you know, there's, there's a few ways to look at experience, right? You can look at it from your experience when you walk into somewhere or like a user experience. There's cornerstone companies like Apple that have nailed like, a lot of the user experience, right? You know what you're getting with an Apple product, you know how to use an Apple product, and it's very easy to use. Um, when you actually think about your experience as when you're walking into a store or you're engaging um, on a website or uh, online, I think um, the ones that are really starting to nail that, right, I think are the big boys like the Amazon, but you're starting to see that really trickle down even into the mom and pop stores, right? There's a few organizations that we even work with, a lot of them even credit union specific or banking that are really kind of trying to own that. I'm seeing some, of course, like in healthcare and in fitness that are starting to be like, oh, we, we are a little bit behind the curve on this, and how do we start looking at that differently? Uh, but those are some big brands that I can think of, of course. Yes. And then there's some little brands, I think, that are really starting to, you know, get the, the vibe or get the, you know, the itch to kind of fix some of their customer experience. Mm-hmm. And so if we transition a little bit to fitness, because, I mean, you just mentioned maybe they're a few years behind or... Um, mm-hmm more than a few but how do you view this translating into fitness and then we'll we'll kind of talk about your fitness experience and maybe areas where you felt appreciated areas where you didn't feel appreciated like the whole circle but um how do you think fitness brands can start working into understanding the customer journey better and then actually acting on it yeah i mean i think you're starting to see i mean even on peloton bikes right you're starting to see um, customer experience can be very personalized and unique to them, right? And so you're starting to see that in an actual equipment or in the, the tool that we use uh, to work out. But I still think um, a lot of the expertise that you know that gyms have or what they know about me from how long my workout was, how long I was on each machine, um, there's all those informations that they can they could actually use to actually architect a better uh, workout experience for me. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that there's, you know, from what I've seen, a little bit of a gap there, right? They're starting to, I think, that I think the fitness industry is starting to recognize it mm-hmm. um, but I still think there's they've got a long ways to go from actually taking the data they have knowing the experience we you know do within a gym to actually taking that into something that actually is meaningful for the individual well so how much is a result of increased competition like now there are more fitness brands than I mean there's five times as many fitness brands as there were 10 years ago so mm-hmm. You think in, in other industries, is it competition that drives this kind of like relentless pursuit of customer experience and understanding your customers? Or mm-hmm. is it just like one innovative company says like, we're going to make this leap? Like what's the chicken or egg? Yeah. So what do you think is the number one thing that differentiates all brands now? What do I think? Yeah. What do you think is the number one thing that differentiates brands? Um, Jeez. Experience. Look at WeWork. They literally, yeah, it's experience. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, look at WeWork, what they've done. Yeah. Literally, their brand, it's the same office space that, like, a Regis has done. Yeah. Um, Regis is, what, $300 a seat valued? Mm-hmm. WeWork, $130,000 a seat is its value. 
Um, I think all they've done is making it a better experience. Yeah. So the, I think the fitness is in a prime example of, yeah, there's all these competitors, there's all this, but really that doesn't matter if you can focus on the experience. Mm-hmm. And that, that's hard. I can understand that's hard, right? Because it is a, a discipline, a, a culture, if you will, right? Of starting internally and focusing on that actual member or that customer within a gym. Mm-hmm. That can be tricky, right? Because if you haven't done it in the past, revenues aren't changing. Well, then they'll just choose to go to another gym. Or you have a luxury of there's only a few gyms. And frankly, in certain areas, people travel to go to them. Mm-hmm. But I do believe as it gets more competitive, experience starts to matter even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I obviously agree. Um, <laughs> that's why we're that's why we're talking, why we're talking today. <laughs> but um, like, I mean, if if we're getting like very vague and saying like experience matters, what is experience? Mm-hmm. It's me. It's what? It's my experience. It's me. Yeah. Right. I mean, experience only matters to the individual. Mm-hmm. Right. So, an experience, if you're thinking of like a fitness routine, right? Your experience is everything from the in-app to the greeter, to you walking up the stairs, to the uh, workout facilities, including the locker, the spa, all of this is an experience. Mm-hmm. But I think what is missing a lot of times in experience is, especially at gym, you know my behavior. You know exactly how long I was in there, what I did, how long I stayed on each. I mean, if you could track that and architect that, that's phenomenal. And if you think about it, so many companies don't know that. They yeah. don't have that, you know what I mean? They can see maybe online, they can see what you're clicking through or how long you've been on certain pages. You literally can get down to every second, every minute, what I'm doing, where I'm at, what my heart rate is, how long I stopped at the water fountain. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, am I a spa user? Am I not? So there's, there's so many opportunities, I think, to architect a very individual journey. And so I think experience all comes back to the individual, Alex. It's just, it's about you. It's about me. Yeah, I think that's looking at it. And like, if you like, I used to host my website on Wix. Mm -hmm. I created my website on Wix. Mm -hmm. They paid me 150 bucks to come down to their headquarters and watch me build a custom site. They told me to try to rebuild my site. And they paid me money and they paid for my car to get there. And they gave me when I was there. It's like, they are pretty obviously relentless about understanding me individual because my use case and just like your use case at the gym we yeah. might think it's unique but there's probably 10 other people in there doing something very similar yep. so to me it's like well why the hell don't gyms do that yeah like, not not in a creepy way like can i watch you right. work out? but like oh. can i track where you go and what you do and how long you stay there yeah well if you think about it i think it's the least almost least creepy at a gym yeah. right? Because you're going in there, you're going in there to improve yourself, right? So it's a way to potentially offer help, right? Yeah. It's a way yeah. to say, hey, um, I'm, I know I'm coming in there because I'm uncomfortable about something about my body. Usually I'm feeling, you know, or I want to be healthier. I'm training for something. What do we do usually in those situations? I mean, you know, I, I personally, I get a trainer. I want that additional help. Mm-hmm. Right? I go in there with goals in mind. What if you could help, right? In some level, I think it's less creepy than gym break. So <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it depends on how you phrase it. Yeah. That's probably fair. People are usually open about it, but you're right. I would be, but I am also that generation too, where it's not so scary. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so can you give me some examples of like maybe some, some of the work that Cloud Cherry has done with some of their customers to drive better customer experiences, customer journeys. And like, I'm not trying to pitch Cloud Cherry here. I'm trying to. Oh, no, 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 no. 
No, I know, but I mean, like, the listeners. <laughs> no, I head <laughs> around how to make some of these insights actionable. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, if anything, right, I mean, uh, where we always focus with our customers is we always say, what outcome are you trying to drive? Mm-hmm. At, the, at the boardroom, at the C-suite, even below, what, are, what matters most to you, right? And we'll keep with the banking example, which we kind of talked through earlier, right? Banks will come and say, like, well, we want to know if we're making um, a loan process easier for our members. Is that easier or not? Okay, then back, back into your customer experience from there, right? Um, because those overarching questions are what matter to the organization. And frankly, if, if that's what you've figured out really matters to your members, then make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. So we, in essence, focus with the outcome first. And then we come back and we say, knowing that having a connected and consistent customer experience is absolutely critical for any of your members or any of your customers. So take that outcome and then back into the journey. Mm-hmm. Right? Knowing that your customer needs a consistent experience and a journey, and we focus there. Mm-hmm. So we help them along this path, right? Um, and all of this we do through a product application. Mm-hmm. So we want um, any organization that works um, or that is trying to focus on their customer experience to be able to leverage something that they can use in real time on their own, mm-hmm. right? Because so, all these big business questions, you're right, you could take that to like a Bain or a McKinsey, like, hey, I've got this big problem. Can you solve it? And they're like, yeah, for $800,000, we will make sure that this is the answer you're looking for. But that, that's not the age today, right? I mean, that's the mom and pop shops, the, you know, the smaller um, businesses. They can't afford to do that, but mm-hmm. they want a way to do it. And so that, that's what we do. Um, examples, I think, are so relevant, right? Um, when you think about improving a customer experience. And I think the examples we always lean towards, right, um, isn't about a score. It's really about understanding that voice of your members and of your customers. And those are the examples that the, the board loves to hear, right? I see them read open verbatims all the time. They're like, wow, that's what they're saying? Oh, well, maybe we should treat this or this. And they literally want to read through exactly the comments, which is, I think, a cool example and a, a power of, I think, the voice of every, everyone, including you and me. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at the restaurant industry, sometimes the manager comes out and says, how's everything going? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, the food wasn't hot enough. Oh, let me bring you another... Right, immediate feedback. Right. Yep, and immediate closed loop. That just doesn't... I mean, it doesn't happen in a lot of industries. And it doesn't have, right. like... Regardless of industry, a lot of businesses just don't do that. But that's kind of the the next wave, I think, is like, hey, why did you choose to do these three muscle groups to, together today? Or yep. why do you work out at 8 p.m. and not 6 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Like really yep. simple questions. And people are going to tell you, like, like we talked about earlier, you might feel unique, but and I might feel unique, but I'm doing the same thing as 20 other people. If 20 other people say, uh, your parking sucks from 6 till 8 p.m., that's why I come at 8, clearly there's a parking issue, and it might not even have anything to do with the gym, right? Correct. That's a really important piece of feedback you wouldn't get from a survey. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. You only get it from the individual. Spot on. Couldn't agree more. Well, sweet. Um, So a couple more quick questions, Um, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but what's a good book about customer experience or the customer journey that um, the listeners of this show can grab on Amazon or wherever they buy books? Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Um, so one of my favorites, actually, I just read it recently, was um, the book by Jean Bliss. Oh, yeah. Um, um, actually, she's phenomenal, right? And she talks about the experience and you know, how you would treat your mother. In other words, is that the kind of experience you treat your mother? And it's phenomenally done. She's a very playful speaker. 
um, very knowledgeable. I think she's a five-time chief customer officer, so it's not like she hasn't been there, done it, or seen things yeah. um, in the industry. But that, that's probably one of my favorites, more um, current. And I think she's done a phenomenal job for that book to keep you engaged, but also learning. And that's would you do that to your mother, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I read that. I accidentally ordered that and got like the. Oh no. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> No, I, I got like the rough draft version of it. So there's like mm. literally like a typo on every page. Really? <laughs> you can even get that? That's funny. Maybe I should like sell it. But um, okay, when you, when, if you were like tackling this issue and we're looking ultimately, I look at retention. A lot mm -hmm. of things go into that. But if you were trying to tackle the retention challenges that a lot of gyms face, where would your first, like what would your first step be? Yeah, I mean, I'm a very data-driven person. So my first step would to understand what do we know right now about the customers? Mm -hmm. And then immediately I would go um, into that member experience and I would go, okay, so what profile of member usually leads us? Mm -hmm. And start seeing if you can drill into that specific understanding because the data doesn't lie, right? You can anecdotally look at it, you can try to figure it, but if you can figure out what's happening in that experience and who's leaving, even if you did some exit interviews on who's leaving and understand a little bit more, I mean, it could, you could find something that, I don't know, happened recently, right? Where, where let's say 90% of the reason people are leaving is because they didn't have childcare available. Mm -hmm. Wow. Could you imagine? You're like, wow, take that to the board of the directors. And you're like, hey, listen, if we just offered part-time childcare during the day, I bet you we could retain 90% of this, which equates to this much revenue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I would focus on the data and then, even just doing the interviews, talking to members that leave. It sounds so simple, but it's such an easy way to a lot of times get to the heart of it if you don't have the time or have the time to dig into the data. Yeah. yeah. That is the most, I mean, like I say it probably on every episode here, but like you have to talk to people. Mm -hmm. they, these people are giving you money to spend time in your building. Yep. The least you can do is understand why they continue to give you money. So simple. Basically. Yeah, we don't want to overcomplicate it. If people want to get started, that's a great place to start. Um, okay, Rose, I know you have to travel, and it sounds like you've got an animal in your house, so you have to figure out what's going on with that, too. He's all right. He's laid down. <laughs> Thanks. Do you have a cat sitter? Uh, no, no, no. He's just, uh, oh, for while I'm away. Sorry, forgive me. Yes. My lovely uh, neighbor next door, her name's Nancy. She's the sweetest. Um, she's probably like 85. She's got two cats of her own. So whenever I'm gone, he doesn't even notice I'm gone. Let's just say that. He probably wishes I'm gone more because he gets so much love and attention. So yeah, he'll be in a good spot when I catch my flight. Um, awesome. Well, um, Rose, thank you so much for joining thank us. I really you. appreciate your time. And like, this is an, an awesome example of someone who is, I mean, you're a fitness consumer, but mm -hmm. you could walk into any gym and organization and help them improve. And I think the, the value of these podcasts of talking to members who also have like, extensive knowledge of other industries and what makes other companies successful. Like that's my whole goal with these conversations is to maybe like cherry pick some things that work with tech companies or with, you know, customer experience companies or whatever, and just insert them into fitness companies. And it's pretty much going to have a serious impact on your customer experience and your journey. So Great. your knowledge is greatly appreciated. And I just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for hosting us. And thanks for having me. Happy to be here. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, Alan. All right. Bye. Cheers, everyone. Bye.
Alrighty, that was Rose Bentley of Cloud Cherry dropping some knowledge on the fitness industry about data, customer experience, and the opportunities to combine the two. Once again, if you would like to work together, feel free to reach out at LinkedIn or on my email at A-G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. That's A-G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. That wraps up this episode of the Fitness Retention Podcast with me, Alex Armstrong. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Adios.